Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is a trigger warning. In this episode, we discuss sexual assault, abuse and rape, which some listeners may find distressing. Welcome to That Would Bang podcast, a podcast where we talk, debate and banter about the content we watched that week. But it doesn't stop there. Not only do we discuss these shows, but we also come up with our own alternative storylines for them too. I'm your co-host Adesi and I'm your co-host Patricia and we hope you enjoy the show. Just a quick note, there might be a few spoilers in this episode so beware. Otherwise, kick back, relax and enjoy. So hi guys, welcome to another episode of That Would Bang podcast. You are joined by Patricia and Adesi and this week we have a great guest. We are joined by Nick, one of three hosts from music podcast That's Pod. He's also a fantastic music and culture journalist and has interviewed the likes of Thames, Hedy One and even Flo Millie for Paper Magazine, his first but by no means last cover story. So welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me on. Can't wait to get started and yeah. Oi, love it. <laughs> um, so what has everyone been watching this week on TV? What's everyone been watching? I'll let you go first, Patricia. I've been watching Namaste Wahala. Yeah, basically. I watched Namaste Wahala <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah. And I know they dropped the trailer, so I was thinking, ooh, this is an interesting concept that I'm kind of here for. And then I got about a minute in, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, this is not really, this is not what I expected, expected it to be. Um, So I was definitely just watching it just for the vibes, just for the jokes, to be honest, because, I mean, it was just not, it just wasn't really slick, but it definitely had like Bollywood vibes because I know from like watching Bollywood films, they break out into song. Yeah, yeah. And they do like the sound effects and stuff like that. And it's quite dramatic. So it had that vibe, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't hitting. <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't. I just, mate, what did you think of Desla? Cause I know you watched it and we were just laughing about it on WhatsApp. Oh, uh, do you know what? It's just cause I saw the trailer on Twitter. I was so excited. I was like, Nollywood and Bollywood. This is the perfect combination. Let's see it. And then from the minute that the guy started singing and it wasn't relevant to anything else that was going on, I was just so confused. It was just, I wanted it to bang so much, but I just felt like yeah. it lacked in a storyline that was coherent and made sense. And everything just happened a bit yes. too quickly. So a bit techy for me personally but yeah do you know what yeah it wasn't it wasn't even when he started singing for me it was when they met on the beach I would that it was that early on that I was like okay this is going to be a certain type of film but you're right because it started from like a kind of cute meet romance thing you think that's going to be the direction they go in but then obviously they bring in this whole case like a sexual assault case and then it it swiftly turns into something a bit darker it was dark but not that dark if that makes it like the con the themes were dark but the way it was executed oh, yeah. made it seem like a joke so it just it just defeated the purpose i did enjoy the in-laws though well not the in-laws sorry but like their parents yeah they were they were the best part to be honest i hear that did you have you watched it 
I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard a lot of commentary about it. It's interesting to hear you guys' take on it, for better or worse. Uh, Nick, you're not missing much. <laughs> you know, the thing with Netflix is it's really interesting because I think I've always had this hot take where I think a lot of the content is subpar. You can see the ambition and the vision with a lot of these Netflix series but or movies, but they just never quite get there if that makes sense do you know what i hear what you're saying because i remember back in the day with like how to get away with murder and scandal like i was waiting for next episodes and it was like they were so tense and so well done you could argue that how to get away with murder ran from a bit too long but i was there until the end. i watched the finale <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was there for the finale like a loyal fan but they definitely dragged it out but I actually hear what you're saying because they're dropping a lot of Netflix originals, but some of them are just kind of, like you say, they're just not up to the level that we had previously. But don't you just think that's just because Netflix is a platform that they produce so much content or they release so much content. And I think also because of the state we're in right now, lockdown, that's all people do. So I think it might be a quantity over quality thing, but also just feel like certain shows or certain things you can tell where they've put the money so like with money heist the money's there you see it from the get-go everything is sweet whereas with namaste wahala there was potential but you know there was no money heist money behind the show so also when you know they're dabbling into different markets now there was a south african series blood and water yes yeah 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 yeah. and i enjoyed that actually but maybe they're not throwing as much budget into like into the projects as they would a us or uk project but even with some of the uk and us projects i'm like i still don't think like that how to get away with murder scandal level is quite there yet i look you think that is what it is because thinking about bridgerton like I enjoyed it. I'll I'll hold my hands up and say I enjoyed it. But like, I I do feel like the fact that it dropped like in the the midst of the pandemic and stuff, like obviously helped it because it's the most popular Netflix show ever. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But that means that's the best. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Like, it was good, but it wasn't like the greatest thing I've ever watched in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everything was kind of great. Great conditions for that rollout. Yeah. Um... (laughs) What else have you been watching this week, guys? Um, I actually ironically just finished um, Uncut Gems. I've been meaning to watch that um, for the longest. It's great. And I think Adam Sandler is just one of the best actors we've had, like, in terms of this generation. That movie, One Word, is like chaos. It takes, like, 30 minutes for you to just get into the film, if that makes sense, and just find your bearings. You know, slow start, but once you're in there you're in there, if that makes sense. I don't know if any of you guys have watched it, but yeah, it's good. It's a good Netflix film. I haven't seen it, but I watched the trailer and the trailer, it looked chaotic. It actually, to be honest, it even made me feel like tense, like uneasy. And I feel like from the reviews that I've heard from people who watched it, they said the whole time you're just on edge, like just wanting to see what happens in the journey. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I, I don't know if I watch, I might watch it. To be the reason I, I, I'm hesitant is that I just don't like being stressed personally, unless I know that the outcome is going to be positive at the end. I don't like unnecessary stress. <laughs> even this morning I was watching it and I was just like, I'm kind of annoyed. Once you realise that that is a device of the film, if that makes sense, like that is what the director, I believe, is kind of intending for it to be, you kind of just roll with it and you're like, okay. I'm intrigued by it. But like Adesla, I really don't like that feeling of feeling stressed for the characters. (laughs) Like it really does send me over the end. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I hate feeling secondhand embarrassment. I hate feeling like anxious. Oh my God. I know I always come back to this, but The Office is the worst. Like it's, I still watch it, but it is the worst for me for this. I just hate it. But, Adesi, did you say what you've been watching? No. Do you know what? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the rails. I I watch TV and film as I do all the time, but this week I watched a TikTok concert of Justin Bieber's journals, and this is the best thing I've seen in a. What I tell you, I don't like. I've been a fan of Justin. I've always been a fan of Justin, but that concert just made me so proud of him. <laughs> what was the concert? Journals, journals. So his album that came out in 2014, and he's never performed it live, and this is just a one hour TikTok session of him and his crew performing and he just felt so mature i loved it i loved it so yeah oh my god i didn't know tiktok was doing all of this like you could just watch him for an hour live but i feel like this is like one of the first tiktok concerts that i've seen because i'm a concert goer i love going to concerts but obviously lockdown has has disrupted my life essentially it's disrupted all of our lives (laughs) but this made me feel like i was there like i was texting my friend we we would we did our little commentary i was like you know what justin i'm proud this is what i needed so yeah that's what i watched did anyone else check it out (laughs) i didn't but i did enjoy that album i just i'm surprised that he hasn't ever performed it live when people told me that i was like oh did he not tour it did like is it not a part of his set lists that's that's really interesting that's the justin i loved like that bit of sauce a little bit of sauce i sound like a proper believer but i'm not i just no the thing is the thing is no honestly right i don't think like i was a fan like that even now maybe it's just lockdown that's made everything very heightened for me but it's just one of those things i've just i just really liked it and i really enjoyed myself and i'm happy that i did (laughs) but we've done a lot of introducing and talking talking but i think it's time to move on to talking about the show for today's episode. So um, this week we are talking about I May Destroy You. Um, let me just give a little rundown for everyone who doesn't know, but I feel like everyone knows I May Destroy You, but you know, you never know. Um, so I May Destroy You is a show which looks um, at a group of friends in inner city London and explores the concepts of consent, sexual abuse and friendships alongside professional life. And it's written by the wonderful Michaela Cole, executive produced by wonderful Michaela Cole and starring the wonderful Michaela Cole. And she's literally <laughs> taken the world by storm. We all love it. So yeah, what does everyone think? of the show even though i haven't got through the whole of chewing gum i've watched a few episodes back in the day and i i was like okay this girl's really talented i knew she was a great actress and i knew that there was strong potential in what she did so when i saw the trailer and i saw that it was hbo so i was like that's dope this is such a dope concept regardless like i wasn't skeptical about it i was like i'm definitely gonna just watch because it seems super interesting and then I watched the first episode and I was I was hooked. And the show was just teaching you things in such clever ways that, that just taught us about, you know, sexual consent and, and, and assault and all of those kind of nuances that happen in completely different scenarios. And the funniest thing about this show is it spoke to so many people and I loved that race was touched upon but it wasn't so on the nose like some writers have to do it felt like black britishness without having to say i'm black british um and i love her approach like even the first episode i think she had a deadline i'm a writer i was triggered (laughs) it just felt so relatable sorry what are your thoughts about it um i feel like i have to agree like honestly I didn't, I didn't jump on it immediately. So I kind of waited for the episodes to kind of like bunch up. And I know that Adesla was watching it ahead and she was like, this is so great. Um, And I was just seeing everyone sort of like talking about it. So I knew it was like a must watch. But like you said, like I just loved how it was really authentic to London and being like black British. And I'm really fond of like, 
any sort of like content that can do it in a way that isn't like so on the nose and makes you feel like this is awkward. Like, why are you trying so hard to like encapsulate the experience? Like, it's just so cringe. But um, but I also kind of loved how in the show she kind of included lots of different examples of what you could classify as assault and abuse and kind of explored them and like the lines and the boundaries that like you can have and whether they are crossed by certain characters and stuff like that and it that's the thing that really got me thinking as well because I think some of them are like clearly like awful a lot more graphic undeniable but then there's ones where you know there's people that would be like but hold on that's what I thought was really interesting um but I really did enjoy it and I've watched it twice now and I think I enjoyed it more on the second watch really shot well as well like the lighting and stuff that's something I really noticed I think um with I Made History, it probably represents the new wave of black British content that is going to come. Like, this is probably like a watershed moment that we've seen and we're now gonna create content that is similar, not similar to Americans, but it's our own style of beautifully shot, well-written, non-slapsticky content that represents our culture effectively. And I think that's amazing. Like, I'm just so happy about that. I think if I'm being honest, like when I saw the trailer, I was like, wow, Michaela's coming out with something different. But the trailer was so ambiguous. I didn't understand what it was or what was going to happen. Because for me, like chewing gum, I got it. But I felt it was a lot more like it was comedic. It was a bit slapsticky. So it wasn't my complete vibe. But I may destroy you. I was like, dude, like, I didn't know you could write like this. Like, wow. When I saw things like the receipts and it's like, it's so cool to see someone like spearhead what's going on and she shined a light and said here london here world this is what's happening take it it's definitely the little things like the little attention to details that really make like you you can tell she put her heart and soul into it and she actually did all those drafts to make it really perfect and even like that throwback episode where it was i think it went back to like 2004 i was like this is so well done like from the music to like the, the vibes like being in school and she just encapsulated it really well so for me it represents i think it represents london and this is a multicultural london in regards to the fact that i think i saw an interview with michaela and reggie yates and he was just saying you saw black kids and working class white kids and kids from all sorts of backgrounds all working together and all living and communicating together and it was true like it's just it just felt very real it felt i wouldn't say a documentary because obviously it was a show but it just felt like they they showed an aspect of life that we'd all experienced but we hadn't seen on screen and it was so obvious to us all in that but yeah Mm. so what did everyone think about the ending as a whole like of the show so yeah i've watched it twice and the first time i was like i wasn't quite sure about the ending um i think because it's just hard to get the resolution because obviously she did like alternative kind of versions of what could have happened. But then like watching it the second time round, I actually kind of appreciate that because it was interesting to see all the ways that it could have gone, kind of all the ways that some people do respond to like having that happen to them and how they kind of go back and respond to it. And I kind of liked how she delved into each of them. They were also intense, if that makes sense. And that's why I was just like, <laughs> actually, I really liked it. Like, how can you make like 10 minute snapshots? So intense like and I think leading with that first one I actually believe that that is what they had like gone in to do and I was just like what the hell like that's quite explosive and then having that like contrasted with all these different versions like even the last one where they kind of ended up being intimate together it was just that so was really weird yeah I guess it kind of made me uncomfortable kind of and <laughs> I think Michaela's really 
no but I think she's really good at like kind of pushing like your comfort zone and making you think wow I don't know so I think I appreciated the ending the second time round you know and I don't think I have too many qualms with it and I did like how kind of it it ended with her book and it was like reclaiming her story and it's like obviously you see the difficulties in her professional life um but kind of coming back to that and just manifesting everything that's happened in the show into that book yeah I was like wow that's actually quite a nice resolution even if we didn't see it with her kind of abuser and the person who assaulted her yeah I think it was she is super provocative in her writing and everything I I'm not even sympathizing with the abuser but like it just goes to show her people hurt people and it was good to show her centering herself it was just great writing I think and as you said Patricia the episodes are so short for her to encapsulate all of that nuance and detail that some shows actually can't do because the writing isn't up to that standard you know each time you just catch a bit more detail do you know what I mean yeah what did you think about the ending do you know what the first one because the first one was the most for me is no to be honest they're all quite shocking I can't lie but the first one when she went down the more <laughs> violent route I was shook. I was like, Michaela, what, what's going on? Like, this isn't what I expected, Arabella. Like, this is all a lot going. And then when they rewound and they went back, I was like, oh, I was still confused though. I think because I only watched it once. I'm only talking from the memory of the first time, but I just remember feeling so confused as to, is this the future? Is this what's happening? Is this real? Is this fake? And I think it's just interesting to see that she explored and played around with so many different things. Because um, when I was reading an interview with what she said, she said that she was talking to a lady and she was like, how should I end it? And she, the lady suggested that she would do it with like, she'd kill the guy. And Michaela was saying that she didn't feel like that was, even though it was an emotion that a lot of people wanted, she didn't feel like it was the perfect way to end her piece because she she didn't want to give power to the abuser in that aspect so she 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 felt like exploring alternative endings was the perfect way to do it I was just like you know what it's amazing I would have never been able to think of that (laughs) it it requires a lot but then I also think it shows just how personal the story was because it took her two years to write it and come up with it even though like Arabella is a different character to Michaela but we know it was based on her personal experiences you really have really just exposed yourself or allowed the world to see such an intimate or significant part of your life. And it's it's a scary thing to do. I think I definitely clocked it in the last episode. I think it was the second kind of alternative scene that she presented. And she was introducing herself to David, who was the guy that assaulted her. And she was like, oh, I'm an actress. And I think, I don't know if she did it intentionally, but that was probably the moment that it, I proper like remembered that this is actually based kind of on her experiences. And I was just like, wow, that's a lot, man. That's actually a lot. But I also think that as you watch the show, you get used to like Michaela's style of writing as a whole, because like, in general, I believe Michaela's a poet. Like, I think she she started off in poetry, but she'd do all those little Shakespearean kind of monologues halfway through, like Terry would give one, Arabella would give one, Kwame would give one. I'm just like, you're writing so like beautifully that I think it was the scene that, you know, when um, Arabella went to her support group with Theo and there was just a point where she was just talking about her experience. It was just so like, even though it was such a traumatic thing, it was written so poetically. It was like, wow, like, Wow, I just feel like we're all just gushing. <laughs> we're all gushing over Michaela, <laughs> it's man. It's true. It's this is a Michaela stand club. Immaculate. 100. But even though, like, because we know that Michaela Cole started off in Chewing Gum, which is a comedy, I definitely feel like there was a lot of funny moments in I Really Story. Like, I actually laughed out loud. Like, she was used by as an influencer at the chicken 
um, with at the vegan place. That was <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, can I can we talk about the social media kind of uh <laughs> to be honest with you, there's so many people we know um that probably fit into that, not in that way, but like are influencers or are like in that space and it was like it was cool. This is what I'm saying, like she just knows the generation that she's a part of and how social media can, you know, engulf you in certain ways as well, I think was so good. Like I could relate or I could see people that I know in that. I I agree. To be honest, even in that, I saw the bad side of social media in that, like, how Arabella kind of became an influencer based on her trauma, but she was still very broken inside. So it was an influencer who was through pain, who was feeding a narrative to other people that was, I don't know how to describe it, because she hadn't completely healed from it. And what she was spewing wasn't like, I don't know if, if she was in the same state of mind that she was after, she would still do that. And I think it also just shows how like followers and like inflated fame and success like changes your headspace. And it you're kind of fed all these lies and this false sense of like gratification, all these things that makes you feel like you're on top of the world and you can do anything, but you're still broken inside. And I just feel like it was good because this is what we're seeing in society. So many influencers or so many people in positions of followers who they're they're not in a position to do it i don't know it definitely reminded me of certain people like i don't know if she had a person in mind i know the person we drop know the, the person. Tea. No, no, no. wait we, what we, i don't feel like we need to drop this. i feel like we all know the person i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking spring is soon and you know that's what i'll say actually actually yeah 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 i hear it clocked it we clocked it <laughs> Um, now, I just found it interesting that Arabella felt the pressure to do it. People are kind of like propping her up on this pedestal. And it's kind of like what she initially used as an outlet. I remember her first taking those selfies in her bed kind of spiralled and ballooned into this thing where she couldn't really extract herself from it. And yeah, and it, it was kind of sad to see her feel that pressure to have to be that figure and that spokesperson on like sexual assault and stuff because of her experiences. But even just the little things and seeing people's like comments like it's the comments like pop up on the screen and I'm just like oh my god like this is social media to a T like it's no wonder that she had to kind of step back and take a break from it because social media can be really overwhelming um especially when she hadn't really healed from something that was really traumatic for her it's crazy and those comments the thing is how those notifications were coming up has happened before to me like a couple of months ago I spoke about Chet Hanks and I just gave a critique just like that's not how our island's represented for 24 hours just bam 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 then I ended up in the independent like the tweet so it made it more it boosted it more and I was like oh man like is that not so scary I honestly think that is so scary to put like one little snapshot of what you're thinking that probably isn't even encapsulated by the character count and that just going everywhere like and people just saying whatever like that's so scary that people could just take your words and imply like impose any meaning that they took from it but uh, would you guys say like your relationship with social media are you excited at the prospect of like being recognized and people seeing or is it one of those things that intimidates and overwhelms you because I feel like I have friends that are in two completely different spheres like what do you guys think about that if I was on a spectrum I would definitely be on the side that is a bit more overwhelmed by social media don't perceive me don't I just don't want you to (laughs) just like I just don't don't perceive me (laughs) don't perceive me like it's that visibility is a little bit crazy I think it can definitely 
be such a great tool and we've seen like people kind of be catapulted into really great things from social media and I think when you have people who have sense that (laughs) people who have sense you kind of but even as I say I don't even know if I completely agree with myself but kind of it's nice to see people who have sense who kind of put out good content that are either educational or entertaining I like to see you kind of get your props but at the very same time I don't like how you kind of they're still very much human and it's kind of scary how you could be put up on that pedestal but it only takes one thing to kind of have you shot down and you kind of see it with like celebrities because no one is checking for celebrities like the people (laughs) that we thought were like so mystical so far removed from our like lives that we kind of thought oh that's really interesting you're getting dragged on the same TL that kind of also like do you get what I mean it's a very temperamental thing so you kind of want to make sure you're straddling the line in a really mindful way and I think that's how I feel about it I don't really want to put myself out there in a very vulnerable way but I don't know I just think be mindful of what you say basically is what I'm trying to say I think you have to in this day and age and I think a lot of the older generation tell me a lot that like you can't make mistakes in the same way that we did in a certain way certain ways it's like bettering society but then Again, like, do I agree with myself? Because people are people just being performative. Shit! You're speaking truth. (laughs) Once people expect something of you, people sometimes expect certain things. So, like, they'll just ask, like, I can't tweet sometimes without a comment or an email. Like, oh, you you said this artist, da-da-da-da, here's their album or... Someone in the comments like, I disagree because da 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 da. And I'm just like, I can definitely see the overwhelming side as well. I think it's great for my articles and content, but I'm tired. Like, you know, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> like, I really don't want to respond to this. I just think, I can't explain it, but I just think it's just the way we consume things. Like, it's just gone like so much faster and so much more intense that like, even with the people that you prop up, it's just like, oh, they went viral like a few times and they seem to be like speaking about these things. Like maybe we should jump on them because they're the newest, newest hot things. Like at least in publishing, you're kind of just like, okay, let's snap them up quickly. And then you just like pump them dry. Like you actually get as much content, as much books as you can out of them and you spit them back out. And then it's like the next trend and you find the next person that's that's hot on the block. And it's really, I think it says a lot about the way that we kind of consume content and I think social media is a great tool for people to kind of hide their authenticity like you are just a handle and a profile picture um and we don't know the person behind them and that's a great thing to hide behind on social media a lot of the time yeah definitely one of those things that people with the loudest voices tend to be heard even though their voices what they're saying is not making sense but anyway (laughs) (laughs) we've we've done a lot of talking about I may destroy you (laughs) It's time to move on to the third and final section of the podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're moving on to the second half of the podcast where Desi and I take a scene from the show and come up with our own versions of what should have happened. Our guests will pick their favourite and you guys can join in using the hashtag TWBpod. Um, oh my God. I know, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. So um, Nick, let's, let's explain to you what, what it is. So we've chosen to focus on the flashback episode, which is episode six. And um, it looks at Terry and Arabella and Theo in school. And um, we just wanted to explore what happens next after that, essentially. Yeah, so my scene, Theo has been outed for lying on Ryan. And she's been suspended, but then she comes back to school after her suspension and a whole load of stuff plays out in the school. Martin, all right, let's go. We ready? Theo is suspended and is in her room eating Space Raiders and drinking a can of KA. She tried to tell her mum the truth about Ryan, but she's brushed off. Still angry, Theo revealed her secret. This starts a fight between her mum and stepdad. When it's time to go back to school, her stepdad drops her to the front gate. As she walks in, the playground descends into hushed whispers. They're staring at her with distrust, their eyes calling her a liar and a witch. Before she can walk into the building, Ryan grabs Theo and pushes her into an alcove. She barely registers what's happened before he's screaming in her face, yelling that she could have ruined his life. Why would she lie? He says he knows it was her who took his phone and demands money for it. Theo manages to pull herself free, but immediately bumps into Arabella and Terry, who has her phone out and yelling, Terry TV, we have it live. We see Theo on Terry's camera hiding her face and telling Terry she'll dash her phone from a window too if she doesn't move. It cuts to lunchtime and students stream into the hall, laughing and holding pieces of paper. Ryan walks in with his friends and notices everyone looking at him and giggling. He grabs paper out of someone's hands and takes in his naked body. He knows exactly when it was taken and he is mortified. He tries to grab as many of the sheets as he can, but they are everywhere, mocking him. Terry is howling, making fun of Ryan's body and expecting a silent Arabella to laugh along. Instead, Arabella heads over to Theo in the doorway, Terry calling after her. Arabella asks Theo what she's doing. It's not funny and she needs to get rid of the pictures now. Theo says why should she? He did the exact same thing to her. Confused, Arabella asks her what she means and Theo admits that she never wanted Ryan to take those photos of her. Before Bella can respond, Theo is hauled off by a teacher who is muttering something about the police and is expelled. This time, her mum picks her up and her stepdad is nowhere to be found. Arabella heads to the head teacher's office. She's about to set the record straight. Dude. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to Patricia. unpack. I'll give you that. That was I'll sick. I've yeah. listened to it and I'm now very scared of mine because mine is not that. <laughs> Stop it. Stop uh, no, it. No, 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 no. It's the ones that, you know the ones that you listen, you like, 
I, I listen. Believe in your soul. I want to. I want to believe, believe in my soul. All right. So my scene is very different to Patricia's. <laughs> Mine focuses on um, the backstory of Theo. So what kind of draws her to the point of, you know, at the beginning of her um, of the episode of her hating abusers and like her journey. So I look at the backstory and Theo's family and how Theo navigates that sphere, like outside, essentially. Theo and Ryan both get excluded for their antics and are back at school three days later. Ryan is greeted by everyone and Theo is ignored by all. But the students get over it when new gossip hits the playground. Meanwhile, at home, things are really bad. Her mum, Mary and Martin have been arguing ever since he found out about her lies. However, Theo manages to find solace in internet chat rooms where she makes a series of friends. One day, Martin can't take it anymore and moves out into his own place. He apologises to Theo and makes an agreement to pick up his son every weekend. Mary blames Theo for their breakup. She starts drinking and takes out her anger on her daughter. One day, Theo comes home from school and finds that all the locks have been changed and her stuff has been thrown out of the house. She's now homeless with nowhere to go. But a 27-year-old man from a chat room invites her to stay with him until she finds her feet. He treats her really nicely and she thinks it's a safe space for the night. She goes to sleep but wakes up to his hands touching her body. Theo screams and kicks him in the face before running out of the house barefoot. With nowhere else to go, she sneaks into school and falls asleep in the gymnasium. The next morning, Theo wakes up to a whole PE class crowding around her. She's sent to the head teacher's office and they try to get through to her mum, but there's no answer. But to her surprise, Martin comes to her rescue. He looks genuinely concerned and takes her in, promising to look after her until her mum calms down. He even sets her up with a counsellor to talk through her emotions. She appreciates his kindness. But Theo's mum is furious about it. She hates the fact that Martin chose Theo over her. She refuses to meet with her daughter. Mary sounds unhinged and Martin worries about the safety of his son. He tries to pick him up from Mary's house. But both Mary and her son are missing alongside their passports. Wow. That was a lot. We we have some unpacking to do, guys. We have two different like, stories. <laughs> we got some stuff to dig into. So, um, wow. <laughs> um, Nick, um, before you pick, like you'll pick later on, but feel free to ask us any questions about our storylines, about what you've heard. Um, I'll ask Patricia. She can ask me. We can all ask each other. And yeah, let's let's do some unpacking. So what brought you to the outcome, both of you actually, yeah, what brought you to the outcomes of your story? Like, how did you conceptualise it? What kind of parts of the character made you think that that would be the kind of plot line that you guys went down? What I understood from Theo's character is that she just doesn't, like, she's about her business. Like, she's very kind of straight-laced. This is what it is. And I think that is what I was trying to get across in my scene but also kind of like one thing about the show is that they kind of always discuss things like what counts as sexual assault like what what lines are we drawing here and so that's what I've kind of included with the kind of revenge that she took out on Ryan but also having her mum brush her off having Ryan like coming back and being an outsider at school and being ostracized and then being roughed up in the school halls I think that was just her breaking point and she was like well 
no one is taking what happened to me seriously. So I'm just going to inflict my feelings onto the person who violated me kind of thing. Um, so that's just basically, but also kind of like high school was just a little bit of a messy place. Like, <laughs> and a lot of the time, like school students didn't really deep some of the things that we were doing may, may not have been appropriate. Didn't really have that same level of understanding that you do as adults. And I think what counts as like playground drama, which is obviously a lot more serious, that's the kind of vibe that I was going for. I hear that. <laughs> um, with me, I felt like I wanted to do a lot of background as to why people are the way they are so like for me I felt like school stuff even though it's dramatic for like a day something else happens and it like passes over but I wanted to show that like the real abuser in Theo's life is essentially her mum who forced her to lie about the situation with her dad and I think I wanted to show that like she just fell into a spiral of different things happening to her and how her mum was the real person that caused this issues that's why when she ran away with her son it was just one of those it heightened all the experiences that she'd been through I think I also just wanted to show that Theo like she's literally just a hurt girl trying to find her space in the world essentially and like whether it was finding friends online or via a chat room or via anything like she's literally just trying to find her find where she fits and we're grateful that Martin took her in but it's sad that her mum is not the person that she wants her to be that whole bit with the 27-year-old guy from the chat room was very, very disgusting. And <laughs> yeah. that actually made me feel a little bit sick. I'm not going to lie to you. But I thought that was kind of cool because, boy, I know a lot of high school, well, a lot of my friends and people like in high school were just getting chatted up by old men. And it was just really awful. I, I know it was dark. And I think it's one of those things. I went to a girls' school, right? And secondary school, that happened like someone would have a boyfriend who was 30 someone would have a boyfriend who's 27 and at the time when you're young you're thinking oh wow like this guy likes you but you're looking as an adult and you're like that guy's a paedophile like there's so much going on there and I think it just wanted to show like because I think it's 2004 it's the birth of like the internet time MySpace was around like people meet all sorts online and she's she's young and vulnerable and that's what happened so I just wanted to explore how easy and realistic it is for abuse or like grooming or anything to happen it's it's darker than anything we've ever done before I can't lie but it's it's in line with the themes of I may destroy you so yeah both of yours touched on what the show at large spoke to as well like it didn't feel foreign to me it kind of felt like I could see both scenarios playing out in that episode I definitely think like the the part about the chat rooms that you kind of just said Odyssey is great like because I think that's maybe a part of... I think she didn't delve into the abuse a lot in that episode as much. But do you guys have, like, questions for one another or anything like that? Patricia, to be honest, I don't even have a question. It's just a thought. Like, I just genuinely... I liked the the fact that Ryan didn't learn his... Like, not that he didn't learn his lesson, but you still went and caused trouble after the whole situation. I think it just reflects the immaturity that happens in secondary school and the fact that... People like their their minds aren't mature to grow up and do all their things. I think it's also interesting that Theo and Arabella probably like developed like a bit of a relationship then because I thought like their relationship would have probably developed later on. Well, two things kind of like the double standards, first of all, kind of like the way people responded to things that initially happened to Theo versus like, right, I don't know, like, like obviously Theo being kicked out, Theo being vilified vilified and ostracized versus Ryan who's kind of like obviously he's the victim of kind of like revenge 
porn essentially like in the scene but like the way people respond differently to like how they were affected by it but like also trying to like start cultivating that relationship between like Theo and Arabella like even in the actual show you can see that they have an affinity for one another that Terry isn't quite a part of and I feel like trying to draw a bit of inspiration for that in my scene because like Terry's the one that's joking around doing Terry TV and laughing thinking Arabella's going to be jovial about this but Arabella's a little bit more tuned to kind of like how dangerous this situation is and kind of being the one that's there for Theo to kind of for her to like reveal that secret and set the record straight which is what she even did in that original episode like she was the one that was like we're gonna go to the head teacher and just set the record straight and kind of like replicating that again in the scene I hear that yeah before you picnic <laughs> oh my god that rhymes <laughs> Patricia you're a lyricist <laughs> buzz um <laughs> no um Adesala and I basically do this thing where we each give each other 10 seconds to do one like round pitch as to why you should pick our scene this is basically our last plea our last beg <laughs> to choose <laughs> to choose wisely so seeing as my scene went first I think Adesala is going to pull up 10 seconds on her timer how did you know I got it ready uh, she had it loaded I had it like ready. it was there Wait, I gotta do it. <laughs> all right you ready your 10 seconds starts now. Pick my scene because it's in line with the themes of the show. We explore another version of like sexual abuse and you also start to see the relationship between Arabella and Theo start to develop. Time's up, baby. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh my God, pressure. All right, so 10 seconds starts now. Pick mine because you get to see the backstory of why Theo is the way she is. You get to see people actually build her up and how she can be exploited by the internet. You also get to see, uh, I'm I have That's a, it. I saw two seconds. You had that one second, you didn't even utilize it. <laughs> the two I just didn't know what to say. I, I stopped, that's me. So you've heard both of our, <laughs> you've heard both of our pleas. Who are you picking, Nick? Genuinely, I hate this constellation message, but I would pick both if I could, but. <laughs> In this scenario, I will pick... Just because I think it fits. <laughs> you name? And then he went, just because. Just because it fits more in line with... Not more in line, but it, it fits into the themes of the show and how it would be back then a bit more. Um, I think I'm going to go with Odyssey scene just because... Wow. Lord. Wow. Are you sure? Patricia, <laughs> <laughs> let him justify. No. It took us on um, a journey of like the back life of Terry, just a little bit. And um, her mother, because that was something when I was watching that episode, I was like, damn, can we just get a bit more? And I think, um, Addison, you, you, you kind of did that in your, your arc, your, your sub arc in there. I can't even believe it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you know what? When we start promoting this episode, the TL will do their job. <laughs> they will come and they will come back to me. They will come back to me. I believe it. <laughs> but both are great. Both are great. There wasn't one that lacked, if that makes sense. Thank you. That's that's what I Thanks, was saying. Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Patricia, you're right. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually not all right. I'm not. <laughs> but your scene was actually really good, Adesi. Because I didn't think to actually do a flashback, which was actually 
a flashback within a flashback scene. We are coming to the end. We are at the end of the podcast. I can't even lie. Um, but do you guys think that Nick made the right decision? Who do you think should have won? Let us know using the hashtag TWBpod or send your own alternative storylines to thatwouldbangpod at gmail.com and we might feature it in our little mini-sode at the end of the series. Yeah, so we hope you enjoyed it, guys. And if you did, follow us at the TWBpod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can join in the conversation using hashtag TWBpod. But yeah, if you have any ideas of what we should discuss next, just drop us an email. But otherwise, you can follow me at double underscore PDVR. And you can follow me at Adia Desi. And Nick at... I am Entirella <laughs> on all socials as well. Um, thank you guys for having me as well. Like, great, great discussion. Nah, we were so blessed to have you on and... Oh, I'm a big fan of that pod. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. We'll say goodbye. Bye. 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 See you later, guys. That's it for today's episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, follow us at the TWB pod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can join in the conversation using the hashtag TWB pod. If you like what you heard, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Acast app, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you love what you heard, drop a rating and a cheeky review. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.